Hi! Welcome back to Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. My name is Rene from Valorum Reply, and today we're going to talk about the future of healthcare and patient care in the Metaverse. And for this, I'm honored to have a special expert guest today, Paul Swider. Hi, Paul, and welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. How are you today? Fantastic. So ready to talk about healthcare and patient care in the Metaverse. But before we dive into the topics, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background as it relates to the Metaverse and any, of course, healthcare as yeah. well? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> I have about um, 25 years experience with clinical informatics and healthcare technology. I've I've built several successful systems in healthcare um, for companies in, in North America, um, some, some of which have been commercialized, et cetera. Uh, currently, I'm the founding chief, chief executive officer of a, of a SaaS healthcare company based out of Boston, which is sort of the healthcare hub of North America, if you will. And I also organize the Boston Healthcare Technology Community and User Group, which is a cloud-based technology community that's based out of Boston, but we serve a global community. And so, um, and then from, from a metaverse perspective, you know, my, um, my, as a career, my focus has been on healthcare, but, but also technology. And, and so I, I consider myself a sort of developer architect, if you will. And so I'm very familiar with the metaverse concepts, uh, you know, from, from a developer architect perspective, if you will. Yeah. Awesome. Well, interesting. Uh, with the uh, the global meetup from Boston streaming to the world, so yeah. this is I this is what we all love about like the internet and being connected with each other, right? Like, there's no barriers, in fact. And well, with the metaverse, it gets into the 3D and and whatnot, right? right? But let's actually let's let's dive into this a little bit. Um, it's it's a simple but also complex question. What is the metaverse for you, and where do you see the potential, especially in your field? Yeah, great, great question. So for me, I, I think when I start to think about metaverse, I, I like to make a distinction up front because I do, I do feel like there's two different paths or, or uh, folks talking about metaverse, if you will. So I feel on one side, we have the cloud companies and, um, and other software companies talking about metaverse. And when they're talking about it, it tends to be in the context of um, you know, business use cases, organization use cases, and we and we hear a lot about merging, you know, VR technologies with other technologies to create, you know, this metaverse. There is this other definition, though, that I, as a software architect, I find compelling, and that is uh, the, the introduction of W three technologies um, and, and and ownership and and the true integration of what some might call the next internet, right? With, with some of these metaverse technologies, and frankly, I think those are two they can be two different conversations, right? So I, I would first frame my remarks around the first example that I gave, right? So I, I tend to work more with uh, products like Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare, you know, SAP and Oracle have healthcare offerings. And so I, I'm really dialed into what the business community and what the cloud providers are doing with, with Metaverse. And so um, when I look at it from a healthcare perspective, it's looking at those existing technologies and then marrying it, you know, in the in the healthcare space. So. That's actually a pretty nice, nice take on this mm -hmm. one. Um, but let's actually talk a little bit more about healthcare and especially the role of augmented reality, AR and virtual reality, VR. And I mean, they have been used since a long time. In fact, I just saw an article, um, it was, the, the Charité in, in Berlin, like large hospital there, basically yeah. in Berlin. 
and they had an article about long COVID and, and treating patients there. And as a, as a kind of the banner image for the article, they had a person wearing a VR headset, which was pretty cool. So there, I know there's a lot of stuff already ongoing, right? So um, yeah. with VR especially, but also with AR, and you can see a lot of amazing examples for AR or, or mixed reality as well. There's a lot of training use cases, for example, even in the operation room, mixed reality, like the whole lens has been used, not just for training, but for actually surgery. Like there was an event like two years ago or so, I yeah. don't recall, but they called it like, what is it? The first, the first life surgery or something. It was in Paris, if I remember yeah. correctly. But anyhow, so like this is all over the place, but can you, like, of course you have much more insights. So can you share some of the insights and state of the art where the metaverse is adding value for healthcare and patient Yeah, absolutely. Care. You know, so first, just to build on the event that you had talked about in, um, I forget where it happened ex as well, but, but you know, that's, that's sort of um, picked up some speed. So what I mean by that is I, I noticed recently that there's, there's actually a full conference on healthcare and metaverse that's happening in Spain in 2023, in an entire event that will talk about nothing but uh, metaverse and healthcare. And, um, you know, you mentioned an interesting example of, of folks using metaverse-like technologies, you know, with goggles and augmented reality. Um, in, in the example you gave, it's COVID. And, and that's an interesting use case because, you know, if you think about healthcare, it's, it's not just COVID, but there are many um, examples where healthcare providers would need to you know, wear PPE, right, as they go into surgery or as they're treating patients with various ailments. And so really, th this is an issue prior to the pandemic, and, and it will continue to be an, an issue going forward. Now, what I really like about this example in Metaverse is it's actually a, a use case that's pretty easy to, uh, to apply an ROI to. So what I mean by that is if you know that you do a thousand, you know, your hospital system, and you know you do a thousand of so many procedures per year and the cost for that PPE is, you know, X. And by the way, PPE is not just a mask, right? Like we're just, we tend to think of that now because we just got out of the pandemic, but PPE means gloves. It means sterile equipment. It means, you know, the mask, right? This stuff gets very expensive as it, as it adds up. And so if what, what we can do is do the basic math, okay, if we do a thousand of these procedures and we separate the patient through some sort of hybrid care model where the patient, where the, where the provider doesn't have to worry about the PPE, then you can actually do the math and do a hard cost dollar savings, you know, on that particular use case of, of the metaverse technologies. Another fascinating example, you had mentioned quickly, uh, assisted surgery. And so this is a not really a, a new concept. You know, we've been, you know, especially in, in, in uh, when we look at products like Dynamics and SAP and Oracle, you know, they tend to have this, uh, this concept of like remote assist, right? Where a provider can remotely do surgery. And we've been talking about that for a long time. But what's different now is, is marrying that technology to things like machine learning and AI. And so what's happening now in, to, in the next step is that providers or surgeons, when they're actually doing the surgery, they're not seeing an augmented, um, you know, sort of image of the, of the human body uh, generalized. They're actually looking at that patient's internal organs projected above the patient. Um, so, you know, from a provider perspective, they're able to very quickly look up, see the internal organs, look down and then see them, you know, physically in, in front of them as well. So this is really important for multiple reasons. Uh, you know, when you're treating patients, especially in, 
you know, as you're preparing for surgery and going into surgery, you really want to have as holistic of a view as possible of the patient. You know, you and I'm sure you could appreciate that as a human, right? Like if you're in a if you're getting surgery, you want your doctor to know everything about you, not only but during the surgery, but even before. Like, you know, do I really need this? Like this is all my data, right? And so, um, and, and so, the, yeah, the assisted surgery is really interesting and it's growing by leaps and bounds. Again, when I saw this recent demo, there's a company, it begins with the name of Q, but you can Google the case study, uh, but it's fascinating. This is a product that's already out. And again, the, 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 the physician is seeing the, the actual internal organs of the patient while they're performing the surgery. Wow, that's, some, that's impressive. And I, I, I honestly, I was always a little bit skeptic before I saw this live surgery event that, you know, if someone, for example, uses a head-mounted device like a HoloLens, that there's a little bit too much distraction or, you know, a couple of other issues that arise. But by then I talked, and, and you also confirmed this, um, you know, what you just said is like when I talk with a, a surgeon, well, they right now they look on, a, on an extra screen, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, on an extra screen to see, an, for example, MRI or CT scan or whatever they need. And with this, they have hands-free, right? They have the screen right in front, but they can also just virtually move the screen to whatever place it fits exactly. well, like just maybe a little bit above the patient, right? And so they don't need to always look and go to the screen and do some procedures. They have the screen right in front of them. And one thing I've always been saying in, in presentations about the HoloLens, when I talked about using it for mechanical engineering or other things in production, um, it's hands-free computing. Right, yeah. Right? yeah. Like, you, you wear the computer on your head with semi-transparent displays, basically, and you can use both hands for real-world tools. And um, also what you said with the remote assistance, it's a big factor outside of healthcare oh, as well, yeah, right? Yeah. That I can use both hands. The other one last thing I would add on this case, you know, this use case is that... Um, when we think about assisted surgery, your brain, uh, at least mine does, it tends to go right to the complicated scenarios, right? Where a provider mm -hmm. is doing some advanced mm -hmm. heart surgery or something. But you also have to remember that when we, I, I like to think about glo health in terms of um, globally and global health, right? And oftentimes the people that are impacted the most uh, by some of these ailments are, are in countries that are less developed and have less access to equipment and providers, right? So I think there's a lot to be said not only on the ROI perspective from a from a business you know context like running a hospital and you can save time with this, but also I think just from a humanity perspective and and being yeah. able to help mm. people in other parts of the world. Uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is like cleft surgery, right? It's something very common that has to be done. Uh, there are, you know, lots of children born in, in um, developing countries where if they develop a cleft, it's something that uh, you know it, it may impair them for life right and it might impact how they find a job how they end up in university unfortunately that you know that's just the, that's the way it is but if we can if we can help some of these folks remotely with this same remote assist and maybe it's just augmenting another provider that's there right it doesn't also have to take over so i i would just like to mention that as well you know as somebody that's really for me I, i'm i'm passionate about global health and helping others and, and i think oftentimes we over we overlook the obvious use case of helping those less fortunate in other areas as well. Yeah, no, it's a very good point because we, we might just think about the Western world, if you will, because we have this technology right here, right? And so we wouldn't think about like, oh, this could actually be useful in more developing countries where they might not have this technology right there, but I can, for example, take a HoloLens and send it there, exactly. right? And that's just a small package and I don't need the whole kind of setup with an extra monitor and stuff. Yeah. 
I can send to small unit and wow, I love this. This is awesome. Like this, we should, we should do this. Like, you know, remote assistance for developing countries, mm -hmm. like with certain exports. And like you said, it doesn't have to be from somewhere like overseeing it or whatever you, you mean, like, but it could be also someone local that is just not there because local in certain countries means hours of travel a day or whatever kind of travel time. Awesome. No, I, this is a great, fantastic use case. Yeah, I would, I would um, submit sure if you that... add an Azure Stack <clears throat> backpack, right? So there's a, there's actually a backpack that's designed for remote mm -hmm. clinics, et cetera. So, you know, if you take an Azure, an, you know, an Azure Stack backpack with some hollow lenses, from a technology perspective, you have much of what's required to open a clinic pretty much anywhere in the world, especially when we start to look at things like Starlink, right? And the ability to take away dead zones. I mean, you know, the, the three of those technologies combine, uh, you know, Starlink, uh, Azure Stack in a backpack, and then metaverse technologies uh, using some of the exciting stuff Microsoft and other vendors is working on. Um, it, it's just amazing, right? It, from my from my perspective. Yeah. No, it, it could totally change the game. And like the remote assistance is pretty amazing. We have, even haven't talked about telepresence, right? Yeah. That's another kind yeah. of thing is yeah. like, you as a patient could consult with a remote doctor that might be so, totally somewhere else, but you cannot just hear them on the phone or whatever. You can see them as a hologram maybe in yep. front of you. As a matter of fact, yeah. we're seeing a ton of that in the United States right now. Uh, uh, one of the things that you'll learn the more time you spend in healthcare is that the technology sort of follows the dollars, if you will. <laughs> and um, what happened is after the pandemic, they kept laws into place that would allow the insurance companies to bill for remote procedures, including mental health. So now the providers and the hospital systems actually have an incentive to engage in these hybrid care models and, and, and reach out to patients, right? So when I say hybrid care, I'm talking about this mix of virtual and real world care, which I think you know, to your point, metaverse fits nicely with, right? As that continues to grow out, that, that's where I think, you know, in the, in the hybrid care telehealth space, um, you know, that, that's where we might see the biggest impact with the, these metaverse technologies. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's for sure. But let's also talk about the, um, the kind of adoption, well, not issues, but challenges that are likely yeah. there, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the whole kind of adoption won't be that easy and there will be also quite some challenges when it comes to policies and regulations, but also medical certifications. And last but not least, also user acceptance in the end, right? And so what are some of the challenges you see and uh, what do you think? How can we address those? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, so there's I think there's two sides to this. There, there's the tech side and the non-tech side. And I'm probably better off answering the tech side. Like I'm not... You know, you're right. There are some human perceptions about hybrid care and how that, you know, how folks might take that. And I'm, that, I'm just not an expert in that, you know, but I can talk about the challenges yeah. from a tech perspective. And I, I actually think adopting metaverse technologies, you know, again, once you get past the human problem from a tech perspective, um, it's not that big of a leap. And, and so what I mean by that is that one of the things that healthcare organizations and hospital systems are already dealing with today is how they can safely surface uh, secure patient data to the cloud and other tools so that providers can collaborate more effectively on treating the patient, right? At the end of the day, that's what we're all mm -hmm. shooting for is, is first, I should say, we want better quality outcomes, right? We want, we want that 
KPI to go up. We want people to think that after they leave the hospital, boom, they're satisfied. The disease was taken care of. The doctor handled it perfectly, et cetera, right? And so, you know, we're already working on a lot of stuff to make that happen. So, for example, there's a huge push in industry cloud and cloud for healthcare. Microsoft has Microsoft Cloud for Healthcare. That's where I spend a lot of my time the last couple of years. Actually, I'm very passionate about the cloud for healthcare. It's built on Dynamics, which sits atop um, Power Platform, Dataverse, et cetera, right? Now, in order to get that patient data out to cloud for healthcare and these other tools, uh, that in itself is sort of the technology problem, right? The good thing is, is that's been addressed. Um, there, there's actually some really cool data technologies centered around FHIR. So for, for folks listening, this is F-H-I-R, if you wanted to Google it afterwards. And essentially, FHIR is the data standard that allows you to uh, pull data from your electronic health record and then either synchronize that or surface it with things like the cloud or metaverse. So you see where I'm going with this? I was like, once you solve that fire problem, and by the way, that includes not just data in your electronic medical record, but also the metadata that's associated with any imaging, right? You're like your, your DICOM images from, from X-ray, radiology, mem, uh, mammographies, right? Whatever the technology is imaging, you need to peel that metadata. Then you need to get your electronic health data. Fire is going to allow you to do that. So I would submit from a technology perspective, that's the important part to nail. And if you do that, then you're going to be able to take advantage of, of, of that data um, you know, not only with industry cloud, but with things like metaverse or perhaps the both together, right? right? That That's a real world situation right. as well, where you have industry cloud and cloud for healthcare, but then you're augmenting it with things like guides for training or assisted surgery or PPE reduction, like we had, like we had mentioned. So, so I guess I would answer in that way. I, I hope that helps. I'm certainly not trying to avoid the question, but at the end of the day, I really believe it starts with our data sets, you know, and getting those in a secure way to where we can use them, regardless of whether that's a patient portal in the cloud or, you know, or metaverse technologies. Um, you're right. I mean, this is the foundation, right? We need like a, you know, safe and very secure data transmission. For example, I was just uh, writing an article about some um, rather new technology for security called homomorphic mm. encryption, which allows you to basically run certain analytics. I mean, not not a lot, but at this point, certain things like certain arithmetic operations directly on encrypted data. And this is uh, super important because like, if you think about like, you know, typically also I'm sure like hospitals and so on also have external data processors, right? Where they give the data to, to run certain analytics and so on. And this is sometimes where, where leaks happen, right? And so security and, and privacy uh, is, a, is a core foundation and having the data also in such a, a format that you can take heterogeneous data sources and bring them together in whatever, I don't know, data lake, or I mean, you're probably more an expert in, in that stuff for sure. but make it such that it's homogeneous and can be consumed for, for analytics and so Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so for folks listening, if you wanted to find out a little bit more about this on the Microsoft side, there's there's a new service called Azure Health Data Services, which is a, essentially Microsoft's managed service for Fire. And, um, and there's some really great learn courses that you can go through as well. And again, the idea would be to take all the cool stuff that you're learning about here with the Metaverse Minutes, um, you know, because it's not just the topic today, but it's really all of these topics that Renee is talking about, the Metaverse piece. And then you put it together with this new health data services from Microsoft, the Fire services. And by the way, 
um, you know, if you're if you're using another cloud, Fire exists on other clouds as well. This is not something that you know where you have to be you know tied to one vendor or not. Um, you know, I tend to live more in the Microsoft world than Microsoft Cloud for healthcare, so I think of Azure services. So again, I would encourage folks listening if you're if you think this is fascinating, just look up Azure Health Data Services, look up Fire services, and again, there's some really wonderful uh, Microsoft Learn modules. There's even an architect level class coming out. Um, from Microsoft in October, a mock class that will talk about cloud for healthcare and some of these advanced concepts that we've talked about today. Wow, this is amazing! Thank you for thank you also for all the you know external stuff and you know getting getting started if you want to dive a little bit deeper into the technology there. Um, thank you so much, Paul. We're already at the end of the show, but we could talk for many more hours. It's very much insightful. But again, thank you so much for your time. That was very much appreciated. My pleasure. And c congratulations and keep up the great work. I love listening to your shows. It's just great stuff, great topics. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks, everyone, for joining us for yet another episode of Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. Uh, watch our blog, follow our social media channels, subscribe to our YouTube to hear all about the next episodes. And of course, you can always visit our website to watch all the previous episodes. Until then, stay safe, take care, and see you soon in the Metaverse. Mm -hmm.